This morning is from Psalm 37, verses 1 to 9. If you'd like to follow along in your pew Bible, I believe it's uh, page 483 in the Old Testament. <clears throat> Do not fret because of the wicked. Do not be envious of wrongdoers. For they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will make your vindication shine like the light and the justice of your cause like the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way or over those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For the wicked shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Let us hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Well, my final sermon here at Wesley Church. I'm not done yet. <laughs> yeah, but you thought it. <laughs> I'd like it to be a call to responsibility. A call to responsibility. You know, Christianity has long cherished the doctrine of providence. That doctrine, put very simply, means that the purposes of God are always being worked out in the course of human history. The doctrine of providence asks us to put our trust in God, to remain confident in the future, and to labor against the backdrop of a rich and everlasting promise. A rich and everlasting promise that the psalmist so beautifully captured in this morning's reading. Now, I would not deny anything at all about the doctrine of providence but I would have to confess to you, I and a few others have distorted that doctrine and used it almost as an excuse for inaction to simply say that, well, that's God's thing, not mine. I believe that the church of the future will be a church that is actively engaged in taking responsibility for making the world more of what God wants it to be. And that sitting back and allowing others is just not what we are called to. The church of the future will put its energy toward those things that we speak of and that we value 
the church of the future will speak clearly of what is just, of what is right, and what ought to be the case from the great and loving heart of God. Or as one has said, don't ask God for something for which you are not willing to work and to sacrifice. The doctrine of providence was never meant to discourage commitment and vital mission. It was meant to inspire confidence that what we do matters, that what we do is connected to a larger promise and a more and a beautiful destiny. The doctrine of providence was meant to call forth our very best and never to be an excuse to sit back. But you know all of that, do you not? God wills that the hungry be fed and faithfully we have responded to ministries of feeding, the friendly kitchen, the food pantries that we support, different opportunities in different seasons. But God wills that the hungry be fed, and so we work. God wills that the homeless have a safe, dry place to live. And so we, with great confidence, participate in those ministries. And even though we're in the midst of great transition in the life of this congregation, uh, family promise starts this week. <laughs> and we will do it. Because God wills that the homeless are housed. And God wills that there be justice for all people. And so we have waved the banner equal before God. And we've waved it with a spiritual intentionality. And as we've waved it, others have come to wave it with us. And we have spoken that word on God's behalf. Keep waving it. Keep waving that banner. The sin of respectable people reveals itself in flight from responsibility. The sin of respectable people reveals itself in flight from responsibility. That sentence was one of the last sentences that a gentleman by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote while he was teaching at Union Seminary in New York City. The backstory of his life is that he was a preacher in Germany, and as he saw Hitler coming to power, 
he knew that had to be resisted. And in the course of his resistance, he knew that his life was in danger. So he left Germany and came to New York. And while he was teaching at Union Seminary, on Sunday mornings he'd go up to Harlem and he would worship with the African American church. And he found in that Christian spirituality a vitality. And after a season, he went back. He did not take flight from the responsibility for his homeland. He gave his life to the cause of Christ. He was arrested, imprisoned, and four days before the prison, that the concentration camp where he was, was liberated, he was executed. I always admire the story of his life. And I would invite all of us to develop a Christian spirituality of responsibility for the world, to be engaged in those things that are unfolding before us, and not to passively sit back, hoping that someone else will step up and step forward. I believe the future of the church will be to engage in this hopeful mission work not out of a sense of despair at brokenness, but out of a rich hope for all that God has done and that God will continue to do. My prayer is that our confidence will inspire us to be faithful and not only will it inspire us, but it will be the energy that draws others in to the work of God in the world. They might be different than us. They might have different beliefs about God or no beliefs at all. But the church of the future will be a people who are more energized by that glorious work than by questions and boundaries of division and theology. The future church is a church that accepts responsibility with joy. Well, these last four Sundays, I have sort of shared what I think the future will be, and. Uh, they come from an article that I posted in our weekly newsletter. If you want to see that, it's, it's, uh, the link is there. But I've said that the church of the future will be a place more of compassion than correct doctrine. We will be known when we are compassionate. You have been so compassionate 
for these past 13 years in so many different ways. And I know that those will continue and grow and expand and you will be creative in your compassion. And Concord will be blessed. And I'm excited for who you are. I said that the future church will be a place of truthfulness. That we should stop bending our perceptions of reality to fit our image of God. But to allow our perceptions of reality to expand our vision of God. That we might be a more expansive people not held back by antiquated creeds and misunderstood doctrines. I've said that I believe the church of the future will be a place of equality and that advocates for equality. You know, every time you tell the story of what God has done to create a more equal and a more just society, that's energizing, and it draws us in. As women have stood up for themselves and demanded equality, we have all been enriched. And others who have felt pushed out have been energized. As different ethnic groups have stood up for themselves and demanded equality, we have all been enriched. The church of the future will know that women's lives matter as much as men's. That black lives and brown lives and red lives and yellow lives matter. That different sexual orientations and gender identities are a gift, not a threat, to the ways of God in the world. The church of the future will be champions of equality. And I've said the church of tomorrow will be a people who accept responsibility for where it is that people hurt and how to inspire hope. So today as we say goodbye to one another I leave you with those aspirations. And when we get lonely and miss one another, remember that we are always connected through God's compassion. We are always united in our desire to be truthful, in our quest for equality and for responsible discipleship in the world. When I miss you,
I will remember those things that we will always share. Would you uh, give me just a moment just to, just to look at you? And to let run through my mind all that I know. All that awakens pride. Your faithfulness. The difficult things that we have walked through privately. I won't share them, don't worry. But I'm so proud, so proud, and so glad. Thank you for these wonderful years. Thank you for the meaningful work we have done together. And I know that it will continue in you as it will continue for Kathy and for me. We have been blessed. And God is not done blessing us as the future unfolds. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.